Hey everyone, welcome back to the National Fire Radio Podcast, a podcast that is designed to talk about the job. I'm the luckiest guy alive. I get to interview the coolest people out there in the American Fire Service and talk about the job. Everything from guys riding backwards, officers, chiefs, up through companies, people, manufacturers, products, organizations, you name it. We're trying to capture the stories to promote the job and make the job better. So if you're returning and you're a regular listener, thank you. If you're new to the podcast, check it out and let us know what you think. Podcast at nationalfireradio.com is where you can find us. Send us an email. Let us know what you think about the show, people that you think might be a good guest, or anything else that you want to talk about. Send it over to podcast at nationalfireradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. And what we get to do is bring forth the word about the job. But in order to do that, we need the help of some sponsors. So do me a favor, hang tight, and listen to the words from a few of our sponsors. This episode's brought to you by Box Alarm Grills. When your apparatus arrives on scene, are you making the best showing? Looking to set your rig apart from everyone else? Want your engine, truck, or rescue to be easily identifiable? There is a solution. With large aluminum grill numbers and full-width rear mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills. Formed by Danny and a team of fellow firefighters, Box Alarm Grills gets it. They know what it means to show pride in your ride, delivering the quality construction and design that fire departments demand. That's why their grill numbers and mud flaps grab attention, enhance visibility, and make your fleet recognizable on scene while responding or just driving around town. Built in the USA by a family-owned business, Box Alarm Grills is quickly becoming the choice of fire companies, apparatus planners, and fire truck manufacturers with out-of-the-box or custom solutions. Check out functional, durable grill numbers and mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills today at boxalarmgrills.com and on Facebook and Instagram. And like Danny and his crew like to say, add pride to your ride. Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his team have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017 with over 200,000 shields in the market. Taylor's Tins is a leader in the American Fire Service helmet front space. Not only do they manufacture helmet fronts, but they do so much more. Locker tags, key chains, CO monitor charts, medical kit charts, pump charts, banquet awards, you name it, they do it. Go over to taylorstins.com and check out what they can offer you today. They've become a longtime sponsor and good friend of the National Fire Radio podcast. And because of that, they offer a promo code at checkout. So when you go to taylorstins.com, Enter NFR sent me. That is NFR sent me, and you'll get 15% off your checked out order. It works on all stock items from taylorstins.com, including quick tins, license plates, locker tags, and much, much more. Exclusions do apply. This is a company that prides themselves on quality and customer service. From the inception, from your design to out the door, it's within 48 hours. Nobody else is doing that. They can't do that. 48 hours to get your shield out the door to you to put it on your helmet and get to the next job. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com. Again, that's taylorstins.com. Check out their latest offerings and use promo code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for 15% off on your checkout. And in the words of Taylor and his crew, stop burning up leather. Hey, everybody, Jeremy National Fire Radio back on the podcast today. I am pumped for this one only because I'm going to hit this guy up for a new logo when we're done. And I'm going to do it on the air, so he has to do it. And I'm going to hold him accountable for it. JP Sokolowski, man, how are you? And thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Jeremy, thank you for having me. Absolutely humbled. Uh, excited to be here. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so- so a little background, right? A little background. Seven years in the fire service as a career fireman. You were a volunteer before that. You were also a wildland firefighter in the beautiful state of Washington, which I've never visited and I want to go. So you will be on my checklist of places to go because I want to see that part of the country. It absolutely interests me. Um, not only do you love being a fireman and the job, but you've carved out a very particular niche, which I kind of alluded to in the intro there about drawing and you've become quite a fire service artist when it comes to imagery capturing logos and being able to take uh today's fire service pairing it with a lot of traditional type value stuff too and 
doing an end product for your customers, man. I am in love with some of your, all your work. I shouldn't say some. I'm in love with your work. I, I think what you bring to the table is really awesome. We have a lot of mutual friends. We got the guys at Ragtop Industries, which I know you do some joint projects with. Nick Esposito, who uh, has been on the podcast. So your name's been bounced around for quite a while with me. And so this was literally a cold call. And I said, hey, JP, are you interested? And uh, and here we are, man. So I'm glad you're joining me today. I'm really interested in your story. I am because I'm curious if you were drawing pictures at a very young age of fire trucks and, and they both came true or if, uh, you know, and, and how it all played out. So, brother, thanks for joining me. Give me a little rundown. Seven years in the fire service as a career fireman, uh, the Wenatchee Valley Fire Department in Washington State. Sounds like a beautiful place. It, uh, it very much is. And holy smokes, talk about an intro. That was a lot. Um <laughs> Firstly, uh, when, when you're out in Washington State, I have a guest room for you, so uh, swing on by. You're welcome anytime. Beautiful. Um, so, Wenatchee is a uh, dead center of Washington State. Um, you know, we um, it, it's been kind of a wild ride uh, as of late. Um, I was hired originally with Douglas County Fire District Number Two. Uh, yeah, we cover a hundred square miles. We wow. have a lot of wildland. Um, at the time of my hiring was out of Holland House. Um, we deal with a lot of wildland, urban interface fires. Um, we have a huge exposure with highways, waterways. We basically live where Seattle comes to vacation. So we, we get pretty busy in the summertime. We'll see everything from 120 degrees in the summertime to negative 10 in the wintertime. So um, pick your challenge. Um, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful place to call home, beautiful place to work. Um, and recently, this last year, um, we teamed up with our brothers and sisters across the river, and we decided to go to the voter, and we formed um, basically an RFA, uh, Regional Fire Authority. So we um, are now the Wenatchee Valley Fire Department. So we've had uh, a big culture culture shift in this last year, but uh, man, um, it's been a wild ride, but yeah, culture kinda, uh, culture shift in regards to joining two separate departments. I mean, you guys probably work together often, but two separate rules, two separate everything, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and we had, um, you know, we've we've always done automatic gates. We've jumped across the bridges um, almost, you know, daily. Right. About. Um, mm -hmm. We always played in the same sandbox, but um, it wasn't until you know recently that you know it, it's. Uh, it's time to kind of grow up, but let's, uh, let's make this happen. And, uh, we're, we're better together for sure. Um, That's and great. that was actually our slogan when we were actually, um, campaigning for is, uh, we're, we're better together and, and we are, um, but talking about a cultural shift, I mean, guys that you spend six years, seven years working with, and there's guys that have spent, you know, 15, 16 years working with the same group of guys in the firehouse. Then now all of a sudden January one comes out and you get your new writing assignment and we don't want Douglas County culture. We don't want Chelan County culture. We want Wenatchee Valley culture. So yeah. everyone got kind of tossed around and, uh, and here we are present day. And at the time of the merge, I was actually out in, um, one of our suburbs teaching a fire academy. So I was actually out of, uh, not out of commission, but just out on the training ground for three and a half months. So by the time I came back to shift, uh, when I came back to the line it was like, Whoa, yeah, I mean, you were you were a little unplugged then from the everyday. Yeah, big yeah, time. yeah. What? How hard is that? I mean, I'm thinking about how you. I, I talk to guys in the South, like the Texas area, right? And there's such rapid growth in the in the communities outside of like Houston and the sprawl Dallas area, the Fort Worth area, right? There's tremendous sprawl, and they have new firehouses popping up all the time. And it's literally a building, fire apparatus pull in, and now you're a new fire company, and you start re responding to runs the next day. And there's no foundation for which that company was founded because it was built quickly in response to a growing community. And the, there's, no, there's no longevity built in there, right? So you actually have to start building your own culture from day one. Now, I, oh, kn and I know that you're a culture guy because through your artwork, which we're going to get to, but you're very passionate. You can see it in your artwork that the fire service and the tradition matters to you, right? The foundation from which we come. And so I ask not to put you on the spot with your own department, but just asking in general culture, when you're starting over, 
it is critical to get it right from the beginning, or can we make mistakes? I, I think mistakes are a little bit um, allowable for yeah. culture. Um, I, I think one of the things that um, I really strive for is culture needs to be like organically driven. I think sometimes people are too um, bullet point or checklist oriented when it comes to culture. Um, and, and it's hard to develop something, um, you know, like ju- just to sit back and allow that culture to kind of like generate and populate naturally, I think is second. You, you can't really change it. I mean, there, there's certain traditions in the fire service. I mean, you can go to as basic as, you know, um, you know, pitting ceremonies to pushing ceremonies, just, just the tried and true things, um, I, I think, establish um, a, a good base of culture. But um, I mean, you know, I'll talk about when I started, we had one house and we are on the verge of opening up a third house now. Wow. So, and, and a third staff house. So you're, you are exactly right when you're talking about, you know, there, there has been no precedent um, before, you know, we, we opened up station four and now we're opening up station three from scratch. They're brand new buildings. They've never been there before, but the need, I mean, when, when COVID kind of rocked everyone in the world, we saw such a drastic influx from the cities. And, you know, I hear about this all the time when I'm drawing, um, you know, I, I know the Boise guys that I talk to. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I'm pre- pretty sure like 90% of California just moved to Idaho. And um, and they're not far off here too. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're starting and opening these companies from scratch. And, um, you know, that's just those growing pains with that. Like, you used to run on everything. And now you're like, oh, no, Station 4 has that to, to the north. You know, oh, wow, I'm not used to that Station 4 being there. Yeah, right. I think it's really interesting what you said. I, I really like culture typically should be, I mean, I'm paraphrasing what you said, but organically grown. And you can't force it, right? Like, you can do the formalities like you said, like a push-in ceremony or a promotional pinning ceremony or a ribbon cutting, right? Those type of things and uh, community engagement ceremonies, things like that, right, that are ceremonious. But it's that informal culture, the way of the land, the way we handle ourselves and handle our people and how we push our people to be better and all of those things, right? You're starting from scratch and it does have to be organic. When you try to force something like that, I think it doesn't work as well and it becomes across maybe as phony or not realistic, right? But the problem is though, it takes time. It does take time. It doesn't happen overnight. That's for sure. Um, and, and again, it, it definitely has to be organic. I mean, I, I feel like sometimes like, you know, for, I, I'm getting known now uh, to do fire art and, you know, company pride patches, those, those kinds of things aren't a thing um, usually uh, in the state of Washington. It's just not. Um, Seattle Rescue Company One uses the old Rainier beer logo, the, the old R. Yeah. And that's pretty much, that's pretty much it as far as I know in, in Washington state when it comes to company pride. But um I feel like it's starting to actually like pick up and be a thing. I love and, that. But like here, like like we do, we haven't really dove down that route yet, and um, which is ironic seeing what I do. But it, um, you know, given time, it'll happen. But how do you know, right? How do you know what the company logo needs to be when the company's so new, right? Like, yeah. how do you decide, like, oh, we're gonna put a devil on it and we're gonna be called this, right? Like, how do you how do you know that? Like, it takes time to cultivate the stories and the experiences which then mold and shape and craft the the beginnings of your company to gain an individual personality. Yeah, and I, and I agree. And I'm definitely like, I'm chomping at the bit. I have ideas of just course. left and right. Yeah. But um, it has to kind of be vetted in the house and that kind of stuff. It, and again, like that's just me trying to force what I, my perception of that culture should be like versus yeah. just allowing it to kind of blossom and do its own thing. Yeah. So I love it too. I want to, I want to talk about the fire service just a little bit more with you because I'm always, I always enjoy talking to guys that are less than like 10 years on because I think like seven years for you in the career service with a couple of years prior with wildland and then the volunteer stuff too. You're in that prime spot right now in a fire service that like you've been in long enough to really have a good lay of the land. You, you, you have experience under your belt you have guys that are coming in after you now that you're starting to mentor as a seven-year guy because, you know, they're looking up to you because they're on for a year or two now and you're kind of the next guy up the chain, right? So what does all that look like today, right? Because I've been doing this for 28 years 
And so, like, I'm, I like to think that I'm still in touch, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more, more out of touch. What does that look like? Are there, the, like, undue added pressures to a seven-year guy that, like, you're trying to navigate the, the space still, but trying to be in more mature? Like, what does that look like, man? I'd love to just get some feedback on that topic. Oh, man, um, absolutely. Um, I wouldn't say any undue pressure or anything like that, but, like, I think there's – uh, I, and I come from the cloth of like the, the guy next to me is what I'm going to invest into. Like I try to invest in my people. I try to teach our people. Um, you know, I, I love the teaching realm and that's probably why I went into the, uh, um, the training environment to the fire Academy to teach because it ultimately comes down to our people and that investment in our people. And, um, one thing that we do in our staffing model is we bring in resident firefighters and we put them to a contract for two years. We give them a fire academy. They, they leave with fire one, fire two, has ops, like all the things. They leave with the EMT. Um, they have a fire science degree. So we do supplement our staffing quite a bit with these students. So oh, I didn't know that. Okay. That, yep. And these guys will come in. And they might be, you know, we've had guys anywhere from mid thirties all the way down to, you know, you're fresh out of high school kind of thing. And um, I mean, if you're not going to sit there and take the time to invest in that person, no matter their, their age or their backgrounds, I mean, the fire service is just intricate enough. And I feel like, and I, and I'm nowhere near a senior man, but um, I have more time on the job than some We're a fairly young department. So, I mean, I'm going to, try to take these guys in and be like, Hey man, like you could be the one very well carrying me out of whatever. Yes, right? So right. I need to, I need to invest in you to make sure you're solid to be right next to me. And, um, it all comes down to the people, um, and, and just that investment. I hundred percent. It's getting that buy-in, right? It's, like it's, it's, it's good. It's the buy-in and it's a, uh, I don't have the, the 20 years on the job yet. I don't, I, I'm not that, the, the long tenured senior man, but I don't know if, I mean, I don't think you should, uh, what am I trying to say? I, I might not have the time in, but like tenure shouldn't, you know, take over um, your heart or passion for the job, you know, uh, very much being into the job. Um, I mean, we, we have our seven year guys too, that are just kind of on the job and, you know, they, they love where they're at. And, um, they're they're great dudes, but they're they're not that. We got guys with they, twenty they can, years in that are slugs. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, you got guys that can just turn the job off in a heartbeat, whereas like, you got guys that you can't turn the job off. Yeah. And you're just you know, like, every corner of your uh, of your world is just infected by the fire service, which there's nothing wrong with. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a very good point. I mean, age doesn't matter. Maturity matters when it comes to experience and, and more well-roundedness of, of um, just life experiences too. Cause I find as I've matured, I handle things very differently than I did 10, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Right. So with maturity comes a little bit more of usually a more well-rounded uh, view on different issues, how to handle things, th things like that. But like, I think you're in a very unique spot. And I, I think that you in, in, in your position are incredibly influential to the next generation coming in because you're close enough to relate with them, but have enough time on the job to be comfortable and understand the job and the makeup of your department and the expectations. And so you're that guy that's really delivering to the new guy that that five to 10 year guy is instrumental in the growth of our departments. I, I would totally agree with you. I love it. So where do you want to take this? Talk to me about then. I mean, if, if you're bought into the training aspect of it, you love to teach, you love to train, you love to be influential to uh, people coming in right in this younger generation what what does that do for you? I mean, does that keep you engaged and fired up? Like, do you just love it? Oh, big time. Absolutely. It's refreshing, I think. Um, I actually had an interview for my spot to go out to the um, training grounds. I interviewed against one of my best friends, and um, I ended up getting it over him. And he was kind of <laughs> like my mentor when I was getting into the fire service. And uh, and there's no bad blood there at all. Like, that, that dude is awesome. Um, hilarious guy. And uh, – uh, solid fireman as well. And, um, man, I, I remember just getting the nod. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, shift, um, shift the life. You know, art actually took kind of a little bit of a backseat for three months because I'm now in a daytime role 
and you know, I'm up before the sun. Um, I get home after the sun sets, kind right. of thing, and it's just made for long days. And now I'm in a daytime position, and um, you know, like in, in an academy setting, I, I kind of thrive in that environment back in the day when I went, and uh, I enjoy the teaching because I think it just it hones your skills a little bit more. It refreshes you. Um, I think, and it comes back to that investment. Um, the nice thing too, we we do send guys to the Washington State Academy. But we are now kind of transitioning into doing our own. And the nice thing there is, like, you get to set it up how you want. You get to have the fires the way that you want. You get to do the extra things in the way that you want. Um, you don't get a product at the end of four months that now you got to kind of strip and you got to rebuild back up kind of thing. Whereas, like, these guys will leave the academy on a Thursday afternoon, and by Monday, they can be thrown in the backseat of any one of our apparatus and they know their roles and responsibilities. Yeah. And um, the, there's no like break-in period. They're, they're just kind of like ready to go. But just the, the teaching environment, um, it just kind of keeps you sharp. I mean, it, it, and it keeps it fun. I mean, you know, we, we don't go to a lot of jobs. We don't go to a ton of fire, although lately it seems like we have a fire pretty much a day, which has been nice. That's nice. We don't have, we, we, have, we don't have a ton of fires. Um, but, you know, you go out to um, our training grounds, you're going to see some pretty significant fire every single day. Sure. And you're going to have a pretty good pretty good time doing it. Um, yeah, it's still in the training environment. It's, it's, um, but, yeah, it, it, it's a good time teaching. And um, for me, it, it was a two-year commitment. So yeah. next fall, I'll be right back on the training ground. So. Okay. But, I mean, but you're – it pushes you too? Like, do you find – you find your own growth there. I mean, it gives you a different part of the job. It, it paints a different picture for you. But, I mean, you know, that, that personal growth, like I look at like when I can impact or make, it, make, a, make an impactful situation on somebody that I know I affected something in their, you know, in their mindset or in their career, that's huge for me, man. That's like one of those check marks in personal growth for me that I'm like I'm doing what I'm doing and this hard work and everything that I'm putting into it matters because I just made – a difference right there and you can check that off do you feel that way oh big time and i'm and i'm in a weird bracket where um i'm one of our uh i can jump in the right seat and be an acting captain as well acting officer and um man in the last month and a half we i've been probably i've been in that role three times on uh a few different fires and then um i've been also this um driving one of our ladder trucks and you know there's a when you look over and it, it goes back to you know investing in the young guys and you you see the guys in the academy setting and then you look over and they're stretching right beside you or they're throwing the ladder right beside you and um i mean it and they it pulls out like you know the the stretch is perfect you know the um they're masking up gloves on fast they're super efficient and it kind of like hits you like yeah like I remember day one when you came in, you didn't know anything. And now you're doing this next to me and we're on the same job together. And like, it, it, you have, it's prideful. Like, yeah. you get excited about that. Yeah, for sure. And then to watch them put it all together and then hit the streets. And then next thing you know, in a year from now, when you're back on the streets, you're running with these guys on a fire and they perform and you just sit back and go, yep, bingo, did it. Yeah. I love Got that, it. man. Nailed it. Yeah, nailed it is right. So how did you, okay. So now seven years in, you're loving it. You're at the academy right now, so you're getting you're getting well rounded into the job and the aspects of of all of it. You're being influential to the next group coming in. You also have an ear for uh, social media, though today's way of delivering content and and consuming content, which I guess helps you with the artwork that you do. And I want to go down that road a little bit because I love talking to guys that have firefighter owned businesses. And you have um, your company where you do a lot of artwork and you do artwork for logos and and uh, company pride type projects and things like that. Where does where's the art come from, man? Like, have you always been like a creative, artistic kid growing up? Oh, man. OK, the, the art. So, yes, um, to answer simply, yes, I've been kind of an art geek my whole life. Um, it's been kind of one of the constants in my life. I grew up under a single mom we never had a lot of money growing up um artwork to me was pretty cheap entertainment you would always get you know here's your box of crayola 
colored pencil, here's a sketchbook, and you can just sit there for hours and draw what you see. Um, I always remember just, um, I was going to do one of two things when I was a kid. I was either going to fly jets or I was going to be a fireman. Uh, there was no in-between. That's all I ever wanted to do. Baseball had a pretty good fit in there for a little bit, but I just started drawing jets and fire trucks all yeah. the time. And uh, it just kind of kept um, morphing. And, um, you know, like, um, my art, I think, is um, it's um, – I've done a lot of things in art. You know, I tattooed briefly for a little bit. That was pretty cutthroat. I did an apprenticeship for a year. And that's where I think a lot of my watercolor, um, old, you know, Sailor Jerry traditional Americana tattoo flash kind of came to be. And um, man, like when it came time to digitize art and learn the digital side, yeah. you want to talk about being lost? Like I was like, holy crap, what did I get myself into? And um Man, that, that was, uh, again, I mean, self-taught was like YouTube University a little bit. I have to figure out how to do some of this stuff um, on an iPad or a computer because I have, I mean, I can't exactly send you a watercolor. I'll paint anything you want, but I can't exactly send you a watercolor. Be like, yeah, there you go. Put that on your sleeve. That's going to work. Um, wow. But, um, yeah, I, I've always been into art and um, watch it come to what it is now. I mean, if you would have told me back in, I think, 2019, uh, 2020, somewhere around there, like present day, that it would be what it is now, I would, no, you're a liar. There, there'd be no way. Well, what is it now? Like, give me the breakdown, right? Because, like, I know you through social media. I know you through Instagram. That's where I follow you and, and see your work. I see that you do a lot of collaboration projects with different training companies, different fire departments, different manufacturers and companies. I mean, what is it now? Like, give me the whole breakdown. What What are you? What are you doing? How do you do it? Like, what's it look like? I What is it now? It is overwhelming. And I am pulled into a million different directions every day. Um, what it is now? Um, well, I mean, start at the beginning. So, and kind of how it came to be, came to fruition was um, I did... My buddy Cody sent me a message on Facebook, or he was like, hey, you know, the, the Brothers in Battle, Cody Truck Trail, uh, Portland Firemanship Conference, they are looking for a logo. Like, there's not a contest out there. You could put your name in for it, you know, design something. So I marinated on that idea for about a week, ended up uh, submitting a design, and I get a phone call from Cody Truck Trail a couple days later, like, unanimously, you killed it. We want this. Let's make it happen. Um, you get a week's tuition, which was killer. Um, I was super excited to go. Um, and that was, that was the start of it. That was kind of the crux of it. And, um, now were you, know, you always you like know, doodling though? Like how did your buddies know? Like when you were in the firehouse, did your buddies know, like you were still like moonlighting doing art and drawing and. No, I wasn't doing any moonlighting at that point. I wasn't doing any commission based stuff. I was just literally, um, you know, every now and again, just kind of, I mean, call it, I mean, call it what you want, whether it's mental health or just kind of like grounding yourself. Just totally get it. I'll, I'll, I'll sit down in the office. I'll come up with a sketch yeah. or, you know, something to, something to paint or draw. And like I was saying earlier, I mean, we golf is my, I love golf. Golf is my, my everything yeah, kind of thing. I've um, noticed I, that. I've noticed. Go ahead. It, big, big time golfer, but you can't golf when there's two feet of snow outside and when it's a uh, negative five. So um, kind of the fall and the winter time, I would sit down and I would paint quite a bit. And um, painting was just therapeutic. So my buddy Cody was like, "Hey, dude, like you should you should come up with a painting and send that to uh, the Brothers in Battle group and you know the the firemanship conference." And I was like, "You know what? I don't stand a chance, dude. I I I just nah. I don't know. Right. I hemmed and hawed, waited for about a week, ended up submitting a design. And I mean, you're talking like." old school spit shading traditional tattoo watercoloring um i lined it all out and i think i did like three or four renditions of it because i would get you know 70 percent, 80 percent done and i would blow something up I yeah like, right i would because it's watercolor it's like there is no eraser there's no like you better one shot and get it right kind of thing and uh i would mess it up hit restart and um submitted it and boom it, it took off and then it was funny actually there was a trust rail again called me um you know after i've been selected your art is, yeah we we want it let's do it 
um, he called me at the beginning, um, or he put me in contact with a, a buddy that was doing all of the, uh, the screen printing, uh, all, all the graphics for the shirts. And he's like, hey, buddy, um, can you vector this? Can you digitize this? And I, and I was like, dude, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, like, right, right. What, what do you want? This, this is some old school, like, watercolor, dude. Let's make it happen. And he's like, no, we, we, we can make it happen. And I was pretty naive at the time. I had no idea what the digital side of things sure. looked like. I had some friends that had iPads and I would dabble around on an iPad program that they'd have. And I never really fully understood it. And then, um, it was right before our first son was born. I remember walking into Costco and I was like, Hey man, I'm, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to go buy an iPad. I'm going to kind of figure out how to digitize this stuff. I just really hope I, I kind of make my money back on the iPad, you know, um, whatever it was like all up with a pencil and what 1500 bucks or something. And, um, so I go in, do that, download some programs, and um, it took me probably two weeks to figure out how to make a shape and put color to it. I was getting so frustrated. Uh, vector art is just different. Um, yeah. It's a little, and I, you know, I, and trying to do this as a self-taught kind of guy when I'm coming from, you know, the stone age of watercolor paper and a brush, um, it, that was a challenging step. Um, I ended up, uh, I was able to digitize it um, in a wrong format. So I send it off. I'm thinking like, yeah, I made it, got it, sweet. <laughs> and he gets a hold of me again, like, no, dude, uh, swing and a miss. You, you didn't quite, you didn't get it. Ouch. So again, back to the drawing board. We start over and um, long story short, um, I now have a very sound process that I kind of work through and have it kind of pretty much dialed. And, uh, but yeah, again, it kind of started to be this self-talk program and, um, I ended up doing the fireman shirt our the following year. And it was like, we're not even going to put it to a contest. You're our guy. Let's do it. So I ended up doing it for the following year, 2020, I think it was. And then, um, and that's actually where I met Esposito yeah. and, you know, fast forward to modern day, I have no idea how I became a household name in new England. Um, that that's kind of wild to me. Well, it's that's where I learned about you and the connections that you've made and the relationships you've made. And, you know, and and not only that, but I mean, even just talking with you for the last half hour now, like I'm, I'm getting a sense of the type of person you are. And everybody that spoke of you spoke very highly of you. And and they spoke highly about you, your personality, but also your work ethic, too. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anderson Rescue Solutions. Anderson Rescue Solutions was founded in 2016 by former Philadelphia firefighter Tim Anderson. As an urban firefighter and rescue specialist, Tim found that the equipment available to him lacked the usability and practicality in complex high-stress environments that rescuers often found themselves in. To combat this, he developed products based on his own experiences in the field, creating innovative, efficient gear designed to thrive in reality. The Multi-Loop Rescue Strap is a perfect example of one of these products. Made in America, this patented tool is used for rapidly harnessing firefighters or civilians in the worst conditions. Every feature is fine-tuned to meet the needs of rescuers battling low visibility, low dexterity, and high stress. The Multi-Loop Rescue Strap has been used in numerous real-world rescues for both firefighters and civilians all across the country and it is being increasingly adopted by fire rescue and tactical agencies as standard issue equipment i carry one i have carried one for many years it is the most versatile strap out there check it out the multi-loop rescue strap by anderson rescue solutions tim anderson the owner and proprietor of anderson rescue solutions has become a dear friend in fact he's even been on the podcast several episodes ago dropped the incredible information he's super passionate about the fire service about special operations and he has built an incredible company an incredible product so because of our great relationship with tim and anderson rescue solutions if you go to andersonrescue.com you'll get 10 percent off if you use the promo code nfr2023 that's nfr2023 at checkout on andersonrescue.com you'll get 10 percent off your order and do me a favor go over to their social media and check out facebook instagram and youtube for weekly news product info and other content in regards to anderson rescue solutions this episode's brought to you by Flame Decon. 
Developed specifically for firefighter decon, Flame Shampoo, Body Wash, and Soaps reduce your risk of getting occupational cancer. Live fire testing shows that carcinogens on your skin after a fire are removed and undetectable after using Flame. Flame Decon has made a product that not only does its job and does it well, but that you'll enjoy using. They smell amazing. They make your skin and hair feel great. I will be an absolute witness to that. I have used the product. Tara and I have known each other for quite some time. She has sent us product. We have used it, and it does take that smell of soot and smoke off of you immediately following a shower. It makes a difference. You can find Flame Decon products at flamedecon.com and use promo code NFR for 15% off your first order. That's promo code NFR for 15% off your first order at flamedecon.com. And for departments that are interested in departmental orders, more than one or two pieces of product, you can reach out to Tara directly at Tara at flamedecon.com. She's happy to entertain any inquiries that you have. And this made me think departments need to protect their own and protecting our own is also after the fire. Chiefs, purchasing managers, look into Flame Decon as a way of protecting our firefighters in and out of the firehouse. So check out Flame Decon at flamedecon.com. Use promo code NFR for 15% off your first order. I wrote just I just wrote down a word as you were explaining the process that you did for the Brothers of Battle, guys. Persistence. You learned yourself. You pushed yourself to get out of your comfort zone and learn something new. I think persistence is incredibly important for character and and motivation and drive, right? I mean, speak to that a little bit, right? I mean, you pushed yourself. You said it took you two weeks to draw a shape and color it and shade it, right? Like, I, I could only imagine. I think the frustration of going from something you're super comfortable with and good at to a new style of that and being awful at it takes persistence oh man uh, persistence perseverance yeah um I, it's it's humiliating it sucks it's hard you, you got to just grit your teeth and just like head down and you got to work you got to figure it out and i mean that's every single one of our 911 calls i mean we're behind the bell curve you know by the time we even get the call by the time we get the dispatch or the page we're, we're behind the curve every time Right, and we we adapt and we overcome, we persevere, um, and, and we uh, we problem solve. That, that's the basic root of the fire service one on one is problem solving. And um, you know, my my problem, I mean, with art is you know pales in comparison to some of the you know the scenes that we go up to. But you know, it was it was it was a trial, man. It it um, you know, like when that guy gave me a call back and like, you know, swinging a miss, um, things you don't know, right? Like I, I sent off this format thinking it's going to work. No, it's still in a pixel based format. So I'm trying to learn yeah. this other, um, this other process and I am so lost. And, um, <laughs> dude, like there was days where like, I'm going to just snap the iPad over my thigh. It's going to be amazing. It's just, uh, it's going to be gratifying when I do this. Yeah. And, um, Nope. I just, I just kept biting my tongue and just like, no, just we let's work through this. Let's work through it. This isn't working. What, what is going to work? And, um, I mean, it, it took a bit, man. And, um, you know, I look back on some of my first designs that are out there in the world, you know, my, my first graphic that I vectored start to finish went to a fool's group down in Georgia, the 575 fools. And it's a skeleton face. He's wearing a wearing a lid. He has the big chalk, like all, all the things, right? And he has a hose line in one hand and the hook in the other. And um, there's things that I look at it and I'm like, oh man, I will. And I reached back out to him multiple times, like, can I redo this, please? Yeah. Like, I would love. I will do a full makeover free of charge. I just want to fix it to what I do now. No, dude, we love it. We love the weirdness of it. it. It's so awesome. And it's like, oh, man. All right. I guess I'll live with that. Sweet. But, um, yeah, that, the initial stages of it all was just that grassroots stage of, like, what am I getting myself into? And then um, it just you don't know what you don't know. And it, it, was, it was a challenge. Um, oh, for sure. Roadblock after roadblock and just headache after headache. And, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about relationships. I mean, you've navigated this space. You've found people. People have come and found you. 
your work speaks for itself. But like you said, like one of your first logos was in Georgia. You're on the other the other side of the country. So like yeah. the connections are so important, right? Like me and you, I just cold called you. I literally just sent you a message. It was like, hey, man, love your work. Love to talk with you and see if we could do something, right? Like that's so important. And I, I'm getting on this kick lately with people and talking about the importance of relationships and how I think people are shying away from relationships and putting themselves out there to talk to new people or to make new relationships when, in fact, today, this day and age, we have more abilities than ever to do that. I mean, everything that you've done, the, the, when getting into the fire service and then lining your artwork with the fire service and then growing that side of it out, it's only been a couple of years for you, but you've had great success, I imagine, and it's through relationships, right? And so oh, are, yeah. are people just finding your work and then finding you? Like, how, how does it work? Man, um, basically Instagram is uh, the, the tool of choice kind of thing. It's just the, the easiest um, medium to kind of either advertise or just, you know, they, Instagram is just a highlight reel, right? Like, you don't see the struggles behind the, the, the lens kind of thing. But for the most part, like, I started posting artwork just willy-nilly kind of randomly and if you scroll back on my instagram you, you go back to days where the whole i did was just paint and i would do these little time lapses and um and i love just doing those just to do them and then all of a sudden it uh the fire art started becoming a reality and um and, and i didn't really intend for it to be come what it is but i've just been kind of just rolling with it and it all it all comes down to relationships and it doesn't necessarily matter where you're from, what company, that kind of stuff. But it's just been like, you know, that first one went out to Georgia. And then it, it's funny, it kind of comes in waves. There was a Georgia hotspot for a while, Georgia and Florida. And then there was a huge Texas uh, movement for a little while. And then uh, all of a sudden, New England kind of started to happen. And then the Virginians took off, Pennsylvania took off. And it just became this, like, what is happening? And there was a moment there where I was keeping up with supply and demand. And then... Um, you know, I was getting really happy that I could kind of turn things around and I was hitting the nail on the head every pop and things were going smoothly and people were excited and my process is starting to become established. And then, um, I don't know what happened, but there was a moment where um, my inbox went from, I think, like 35 messages to over 300. And it was like, wow. it. like I can't, there's no way. And who knows what it is now? I can't even keep up. If I literally just went back to start reading emails or DMs. Um, it's now on my personal page, my art page, my inbox, my phone number is now out there. So it's just like drowning in it from all angles. But, you know, going back to your topic of relationships, I think, you know, the, the fire service, it, it just, it's a massive family. It's, and we all network, you know, like not everyone is going to be able to be that one size fits all. Like I'm going to give you a, a a helmet, a shield, a logo, you know, everything. I mean, there's enough of us out there, I think, that can kind of network around. And, you know, we, we all have something to contribute a little bit um, and diversify a little bit of the fire service. So do you enjoy it? Like, is it still enjoyable for you? I mean, you, you mentioned before that you, you know, years ago, you would sit down and do it as a, as a mind numbness or, a, or a, you know, for, for the enjoyment of it. Has it become a business now that you, the enjoyment isn't as what it used to be? Yes and no. Um, for the, I mean, largely it is still very exciting just because every design is so different. Uh, it's not the same regurgitated, you know, design again and again and again. Um, there's so much um, differences out there that kind of each one is fresh. Um, interestingly enough, I feel like I, I don't know who I told this to. Maybe it was one of the rank top boys the other day, but I, I felt like, you know, I was trying to commit suicide via St. Patty's designs this year. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, it, those, those rushes get a little exhausting because you're like, Oh man, I have a three year old, three year old at home. So I'm trying to set a good example about screen time and that kind of stuff. And I don't need to be on my iPad all day long, but then there's times where it's like, no, I got to buckle down and I have a laundry list of stuff that I need to accomplish and get this done. Um, and it's never to the point of like, I'm frustrated or I don't want to do it. It's just, uh, it's usually a circumstance of like, you know, I'm, you know, I should be, I'm at home with a family. I should be at home kind of thing or, um, things like that. 
It's um, the grind, man. It's the grind, yeah. Um, I, I still love doing it, and I don't think I'll ever get sick of doing it. Um, you know, there's some designs that people have reached out that are kind of not my style or not my thing, and I'm usually pretty upfront about that. Or if yeah. it's something that I'm apprehensive about, like, yeah, I'll try to bite it off, but I'm going to offer my input with composition or colors or design or like how about we do this or that and you know sometimes those ones either will fizzle out or um just not really come to life at all um do you do you like kind of paddle do you like to have creative freedom or do you like your uh you do you like your client to really paint a, an accurate picture of what they're looking for like where does where does creativity meet reality? Because like I know how I work with different guys that have done logos for me, and I'm excited. I want to do a project with you. I want to talk about that later with you. But um, like I know I'm pretty specific about things that are important to me. But then I go, but I want the artist to add their flair. I want you to figure out how to make that work. I'm I. You know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah, and and I think it's a blend of both worlds. So. What, and I don't know if you have any tattoos. Um, I do not. Anyone that anyone that listens to has a tattoo, I, I try to keep it very, um, very much like that process where like you come in, we do a consultation, whether it's over the phone or email, Instagram, wherever. Um, we do a consultation. You hit the you hit the big things. You know your department name, your apparatus name. What do you want? Is like your um, your centerpiece, like the main figure. Um, you know, the one thing that I really am not really excited about is when things look like alphabet soup. When you're at a house with like 86 different apparatuses and you have nine different slogans, like you, we, I try to pare those kinds of things down. Yeah. Um, but that's, um, I mean, that looks more like a list than it does a logo kind of thing, in my opinion. Um, so it, it, I have to have some baseline to go off of. And usually, um, and I mean, I sketch and once we kind of establish that relationship or that conversation and we get the ball rolling, um, I'll sit there and I'll take all those elements that, you know, the, the menu, if you will, I'll take the menu, I will start putting, you know, um, a pencil to it, I'll sketch up an idea and I'll send a sketch back through and be like, hey, is this trending in the right direction? Do you like this? Do you not like this? Is there anything you'd like to add, delete, that kind of stuff? And then we kind of refine that process, you know, give or take, I don't know, some, sometimes it feels like a never-ending project. Sometimes yeah. I hit it, uh, hit a home run on the first pop. Um, I think it has so much to do, has so much to do with the client though, because the client could come back with 15 revisions because they're just never satisfied. Right. And at some point though, you know, I I think for artists and people that do design work like that, salesmanship is just as important as your skills in the artwork, because you have to be able to convince the client that like, listen, like I know, you know, at some point, right. It's like, I can't keep, you know, tweaking all these finite details for the next three months. Right. Like, and so there's a lot of salesmanship involved too, no? So, and there is. And what, and in my process, so what I usually do is when I'm in the sketched, sketchbook kind of platform and I'm just sitting there pre-sketching ideas up, I'm going to get it right in that setting before I turn it into more of the vector setting. So I'm going to sit there and I will draw until the cows come home. I will draw and draw and draw until you're happy. But once it gets that blessing and we are now beyond that, we go more into the vector phase of things. Um, that's usually, um, you know, tweaks in that phase take me a little bit longer to get done versus just kind of uh, a sketch. So that's, um, you know, I try to limit those changes or tweaks. Um, they, they do happen. And sometimes uh, it's like, hey, man, we are literally going to throw that one away and we got to start completely over because I thought we were. Uh, you guys approved this. I thought we were here yeah, or right. it was dying or it was dying by a committee somewhere and someone made an executive decision. And yeah. And then you got to go through that process. But what um, is, what does it look like like for you as you've gone from 30 to 300, you know, plus DMS and, and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like it's just like overwhelming. What, how do you, how do you balance it all? You got young kids at home. You're in a newly created fire district or a fire department. You have a booming art business that you can't have enough time doing. How do you balance it? Like, I think so many people that have 
that are firefighters, whether volunteer, they still work a main job, but they but they donate back all their time to the firehouse or in a career setting. You know, a lot of guys and girls have B jobs outside of the firehouse and then they have families. So it's like finding balance. That is that's literally one of my biggest struggles is finding balance. And a lot of times there's no balance. Like there's just not, it's either a hundred miles an hour or it's not. And I, I don't, I don't know how there is balance. Cause my balance looks different than everyone else's. Right. Like I think everybody's balance is different in life. Right. And it's like, sometimes I got to dive all in and it's going to be a three week grind and it's all national fire radio. It's all career. It's all this, it's all that. And then my family gets put on the back burner, but you pay for that. Right. Yeah, oh, big time. How do um, how do you ba- do you do you try to balance or is it like what does that look like for you? I think I, I like to ask that question because I think a lot of help can be offered or suggestions can be offered to people that feel this same struggle. Balance, balance, man, balance. Um, there is no balance. It's just organized chaos at best. Um, when it comes to the workload that I can do. Um, so my relationship, my partnership, my I, I, my family at Regtop, I would say, um, I keep them like number one. Um, I'm basically, obviously, you know, we do a shirt club um, and, you know, Pete is awesome. Love Pete, uh, Dan, Mike, all the guys there at Regtop, they're rad. And, yeah, they um, are. I, uh, but, and once we started that relationship and obviously like I, I keep them, um, you know, front center right. and um, keep, keep that relationship good. And then usually after I can get uh, right up squared away, then it's kind of like, what can I bite off and shoot? You know, this last month, you know, from Christmas to the end of February is pretty much St. Patty season. Like you're, you start getting absolutely bombarded sure. about emails and it's, and it's a lot of repeat customers it's, it's, and uh, it's the same group. Um, far and wide, you know, Pennsylvania, New England, all over the place. There's a couple out here out West, but, um, you know, the, the balance at the firehouse, um, we work, um, we work in combination of both 24th and 48th. So I'll tell you, um, no one goes to bed at the firehouse before. Um, I'm, I'm always the last one up basically. Um, everyone will go to bed at whatever hour and I will sit there and grind and I will try to, uh, if it's quiet, if, if we're allowed, you know, if it's, we can sit in the recliner kind of thing for not running. Right. Um, I'll draw until 1, 2 a.m. kind of thing, just almost to the point where I'm starting to get the text messages from the East Coast. Hey, good morning, dude. Did you get this done? And, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of sleep to be had. But, you know, at home, the balance is, you know, um, my my wife and kids are obviously priority number one when sure. I'm at home. Um the iPad is never that far away. Um, usually if I can sneak in a sketch while the boys nap or, you know, at nighttime, it's the same thing here. Like I'll, I'll get my three-year-old down and I'll jump on the couch and I'll sit there until uh, 11 or midnight. And my wife will usually ask me the next morning, what time did you come to bed last night? Like, I don't know. I think it was one. <laughs> yeah. I know it. I know it, man. I know it too well. But, but it, it's just, you know, it, it's how much you can bite off and chew. And it really depends on the process like some designs and some you know processes take a little bit longer um some of them are like i get really excited about a design so i know i can absolutely just crush it so i might put in you know 30 minutes of like just head down work on something and just get some rapid fire rough sketches off and just make notes and do whatever yeah um but yeah it's balance is a, is a challenge and, uh, i have yet to find a good ratio yeah well i'll tell you this right so like another thing of mine that i have a hard time dealing with and and i think it goes to somewhat balance but my brain's always wandering and i have a very creative mind and so i'm always looking at things and i envision how we could do something an opportunity uh coming up with an idea or a theme and then how do we build that out right that's that's how my brain works all the time i'm a creative and design guy and then i need people to follow me and 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 figure out the like execution and delivery right like that's just important for me and i've come to realize what i'm good at and what i'm not good at and so i'm a creative guy obviously you're a creative guy how do <laughs> When do you see opportunity everywhere? Like if you're driving and all of a sudden a shape 
pops out at you or an idea? Like, do you just go right to like a sketchbook and make a note? Do you jot it down real quick? Like, does your brain work that way? Because that's how mine works. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like my camera roll on my phone, you'd probably go through it and it would be golf, art, golf, fire, fire, golf, art. There's my boys, there's the family. And then yeah. there would be like, what are these 9,000 photos of just like random crap in your phone? And you'd be like, dude, I'm drawing inspiration from this or that. Or like, you just see things in a different way sometimes. And yes. I mean, you, you can scribble it on napkins, post-it notes. If the iPad's near, I'll grab that, sketch something up super fast, and it'll look like a Crayola crayon and just like a scribble. And like someone will look at it, like, do you want this? I'm going to throw this away. Like, no, 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 I need that. That that was an idea for something I have. And it's um, and I have so many like random ideas like that that I've that, that have never seen the light of day. That have never seen the logo, but when the right one comes along, I might have that right sketch or that right thing kind of waiting in the wings. Um, do you yeah, miss inspiration? I think is everywhere. Yeah. Do you miss the freedom of just doing watercolors again? Like, cause, cause uh, all, it seems like most, a lot of your artwork now is commissioned, meaning like you're drawing because you have to. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I think a little bit to combat that, um, Every now and again, I'll do like, you know, a print or I'll, I'll sell a painting or something like that. And uh, right when COVID first started, um, I started doing these, like every morning I'd wake up, I would set a timer for five minutes, 10 minutes, wh whatever it was. It was a very short time frame in the morning just to get my wheels turning. And um, I'm going to draw something. I'm going to pick a pawn on the fire service. I'm going to just um, just have fun with it, right? Um, and more often than not, it was just going to be a little skeleton. So I remember the first one, I think you, you remember like those little smiles that were like on a tongue depressor that you just like stick it over your mouth and you just yeah kind of hold it up. hundred percent. I drew, I drew a skeleton like that and I had a little, you know, the smile on the stick thing. And, um, and I said, I just put on like still the greatest job ever or something like that. Something super basic and boring. And then, um, then a couple days later, I did one that was, he was wearing a mask, like not an N95, but just like a surgical mask because all the uncertainty with COVID and everything. And weirdly enough, I've always been pretty good guys, right? We don't need this, the crossed axes, the really mean looking skull. Like, why do we do skeletons on everything? We're not the Grim Reaper. And I don't know why, but the Reaper just started becoming... I don't know, relevant or not yeah. relevant. I don't know if that's the right word, but I started drawing these little skeletons and I started doing it with a little play on the fire service. And I'm actually staring at my desk right now and I have just stickers all over the place and <laughs> I'm trying to uh, pack envelopes like crazy. But it's like, I have little skeletons that are going into a no-go room and it says rooms ago and they're climbing the ladder with a little sickle and stuff. And it's just like, that's that's now my release of like I get to kind of have fun and have my little play of like I'm gonna draw a skeleton or a reaper or a pinup or something that fire service slash like that old school traditional Americana yeah tattooy vibe love that and that's kind of like my reset like there's been times where like the commissions are just absolutely firing on all cylinders and I need just like that mental timeout where like I have a really fun idea for a small little reaper. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw something. And I'm just gonna put that out there. And what's funny is like a couple things usually happen. I'll I'll get probably no less than fifty emails or texts or whatever that are like, hey man, like I saw you posted some skeleton. Like where's our drawing? Or like do you have time to fit us in or whatever it is. Um, like yeah yeah I'm working on it. I it, it's in, it's in my queue. I have it like queued up. I just needed a little mental reset. Yeah, man. And then, um, Absolutely. I need a recharge. I got to do something for myself. Yeah. yeah. And then, and again, with the stickers, like, I don't even know who it was, but someone like very early on. And um, I think Esposito kept posting them too at the very beginning. Cause I think I did maybe 15 of them in a row. Like every morning I would drop like a little Instagram, like little skeleton out. And I was having fun. Like it would be like send the bend and it would be like a, a yeah. back, like a tiller right. tab kind of thing. Right. And then just like, you know, pry before you try, just dumb stuff, just super funny stuff that Got had it. like uh, like some satire, but also some humor in it as well to kind of like, you know, it could be a little pick me up. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, firemen love stickers. I love stickers, I, like, whatever. Um, they're easy to buy, they're small. And um, 
Yeah, man, that, that took off like you wouldn't believe too. And um, my wife, bless her heart, she um, she was like, hey, I'm going to start packing all the envelopes to keep you drawing. Like, all right, yeah, keep, keep the, the mouth on the wheel, keep, keep you going, all right, let's go. And um, so she kind of packs a lot of the envelopes and we, I think, I don't know, maybe 47, 48 states. I mean, I have people hitting me up from Chile to Argentina to it's France, awesome. Belgium. Like, can you ship this? Can you ship that? Yeah. Oh, man. All, Let me know how that works. All because of social media. Yeah. Think about that. Media. I mean, just, it's wild. The the reach. Just, yeah, go ahead. The, the reach and it, it's just the fire service. It's just the weird niche. Like, I have so many ideas to put down that have zero relationship with firefighting. But just the fact that, like, my, my good buddy Tommy does a lot of graphic design. And he said something like, man, just find your niche and just, like, just hammer it. And um, when I started doing these little reapers, man, that just, it kind of took off and just kind of strengthened um, fire art for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, man, you get to bring both passions together, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. You, you absolutely love being a fireman. You love art. You love drawing and painting and, and create being creative. And to be able to put that together ultimately, and it's, you know, two professions that are helping you propel your family forward, right? You you truly get to do two things that you enjoy. I would have never guessed that there was that big of a market in the, the fire world for artwork. Yeah. Um, never would have guessed. Never. Um, you know, at the time, um, you know, I would... Ed Daniels down there in Texas, you know, MJ at 10-3. I mean, I, I always tell MJ, and he's probably going to scoff if he hears this, but I always tell MJ that he's the top of the food chain. I absolutely love MJ's style, his creativity, his they color great, palettes. Great work. Uh, great work. And, um, man, um, I subscribe to them. I mean, I my closet's full of 10-3 uh, stuff. And, um, but, man, like, it's uh, – I never would have thought I would have been able to – and I, I don't want to say compete because I definitely still feel like I'm not even there. Um, I feel like I'm junior varsity to a lot of other people. And, um, but, man, it's, it's wild to see that impact in the, in the fire service just carved out just from being an art nerd. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, man. I enjoy watching guys enjoy success. And, uh, you know, you are becoming with your artwork and your your stickers and your logos. I mean, you're creating what we talked about earlier is departments that are looking to represent their culture and how to promote themselves and, and to bring pride and ownership to their own departments, their companies. You know, you're the guy behind the the computer that are making that's making that happen. And so what I think is very cool is that you're helping the longevity and legacy of these fire companies survive. And, um, and you have a hand in that. And uh, for that, I mean, that's, that's awesome because there's going to be generations after you that are still using your artwork and logo and logos long after you're gone. And uh, I just think that that's a very cool thing to think about. And that's really what the fire service is built on is paying it forward. Right. And, and so you're doing that on, on two fronts and, uh, and bravo, man. That's why I wanted to chat with you today. You told me we weren't going to have anything to talk about. It's been an hour already. You know that, right? That's wild. I, I have not been keeping track of this time. <laughs> uh, well, again, that's why they pay me the big bucks here, man. You know, I just look at the clock as it ticks by. But I, I will say this, man. It was an absolute enjoyment to listen today about your passion in the art work. We talk a lot about firefighting, and I know how passionate you are about that. But, I mean, to really talk about something that you've been doing since a very young age with a box of crayons and some pencil and some paper to stay busy and, and so on. I mean, to be able to have a creative mind, I think many people are jealous of that because a lot of people don't have the ability to become creative. And, uh, and so to have that, I know because I have a creative mind, it helps in all facets of my life. And that could even be in the firehouse when you're standing at the shop bench and you're looking at it and you go, we need to fix something here. Okay, we can put these two things together, put this, tape this, tie this, staple this. And next thing you know, you come up with a better, you know, hoojamajigger, right? Like, that's how a creative mind works, and you have that. Um, and I, I think that that's fantastic that you're using that to create longevity and legacy in the fire service, man. I love it. Dude, it's, uh, it, it is 
certainly an honor to leave just kind of that indelible mark on it could be uh, a department it could be just a logo it could be a training outfit it could be a discipline it could be you know if you're a rope team or your water team or what have you um and I, and I know usually one of your last things you always ask people is, is about legacy and i think you already hit the nail on the head of just like helping create that legacy might be i mean i don't even want to say that's my legacy but that kind of is my legacy right now is like you know i'm helping i'm i'm the conduit basically you, you can give me your your uh, your input and I'm going to hopefully generate a product for you that you can look at for years to come and be proud of. And you can put it on a class A, class B. It could be on the side of your rig or department. And um, you can wear something with pride and enjoy it. Or you can put a sticker under the brim of your helmet so when you're having a rough day, you can look at something and kind of smile and, you know, shrug whatever evil off in the world and just kind of like have a moment. And be like, yeah, this is the best job on the planet, hands down. Yeah, I love that. I mean, absolutely love that. And I I think it should be said too, you're you're leaving legacy behind in your own department by working with the next generation and being that guy that's turning people on and pushing them forward and promoting them through the job. And then you're doing it nationally and internationally through your artwork. So I mean, you're just double tapping the fire service, brother. Well done. Appreciate you. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, well, thank you for joining me today. It truly was fun to listen to your story and get to know who you are. Um, JP Sokolowski, check him out on Instagram. Uh, where else can they find you? You have a website. Do you have what, where can people find you? Uh, no website yet. That's okay. actually in the works. Um, yeah, web, website to, uh, to be determined. It's in the, it's in the works right now, but primarily just Instagram at the moment. Um, and yeah, let it rip. Cool. So it's JP underscore S O K O L O W S K I underscore art. Check him out. Look at what he's doing. He is creating some fantastic artwork for the fire service. Brother, thank you very much for joining me today, man. I appreciate you, and it was an absolute pleasure to get to know you and hear a little bit of your story today, man. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy, for having me. Um, definitely humble and uh, just humble through this whole process. And, uh, yeah. That was a good time. Thank Giddy you. Giddy up, man. Always. You always have an invite here, and I appreciate you. We're going to talk. I got a little project that I want to run past you, and then we'll we'll get to it probably in uh, eight months from now when you got some free time. So hang on. <laughs> Perfect. Hang on right here. I'm just going to sign off the podcast, and I'll come right back to you. Okay, man? Right on. Cool. Everyone, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. J.P. Sokolowski. I just like saying it because I'm I'm getting it down pat. It's a tough name, but uh, I got it down pat, man. So J.P. Sokolowski. Thank you for joining me. Guys, check him out on Instagram, JP underscore Sokolowski underscore art. He's doing great stuff for the fire service. He He's a super talented dude who loves the job, and he loves designing and creating artwork for the fire service. Awesome stuff. Take this conversation, take it back to the firehouse, and talk about it, because when we're talking about the job, we are making the job better. Thank you for tuning in. And if you have a comment or thought or you want to make a, an inquiry, to the podcast, email us, podcast, nationalfireradio.com. That is podcast at nationalfireradio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you at the next one. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. National Fire Radio.